This podcast was recorded live on November 18th at 10.15 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samoy, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we are going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can see this and other videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. So, Jason, how was your week? Uh, the week started off okay up until uh, yesterday, where I got my first little scare. Uh, I was at my other job and uh, received a phone call somewhere close to around the end of closing uh, from my boss from my other gig, saying that uh, somebody in the office uh, was positive for the coronavirus, and they felt that I needed to go and get tested as soon as possible, and that I wouldn't be able to come back to work and stuff until after I got it all done. So, uh, I had some interesting thoughts about it when, when it kind of crossed my mind, I'm thinking of if I possibly had it. Um, I, uh, I got really, really scared. Um, I'm not the healthiest person in the world. Uh, <laughs> I've, had, I've, I've got a few uh, issues that I deal with. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, shoot, I, I went back to smoking again, too. So that really scared me. <laughs> so I'm like, that's the first thing it's going to do is come for these black and mild lungs. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so, like, you know, like when you hear, like, somebody, like, like has gotten sick or somebody, like, you, you just hear things about, like, you know, somebody like the flu and stuff like that. Have y'all ever had the moments where you just start to feel sick? Like, you just automatically, like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, I got home last night, and, like, literally, like, I, I went through, I think, all the symptoms. <laughs> the whole time I'm looking up for a place to go and get tested, I'm like, oh, all right, just call. <laughs> uh, 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 trouble breathing. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there at the computer going through the whole flux. So I I couldn't go to sleep last night. Like I was up till about four o'clock this morning, and I was just nervous. I I'm texting like all my other bosses. Like yeah, I, I think I got the package. Uh, I can't come in to work. I got to go and uh, get tested. You got the package. But, <laughs> not that package, but the other package. The the tiny package going to our orange commander in chief, and. uh you know, I'm sitting up on the long side of the bed last night. I'm coughing. I'm trying to call my wife. She's asleep. I'm, I'm just all concerned. And I'm just sitting on the side of my bed like, all right, uh, what, did I do? what did I do with my life? I'm thinking about all kinds of messes. A whole bunch of craziness just went through my mind. And I finally went to sleep. I woke up this morning. I, I was feeling better. Like, I wasn't, like, coughing. And, like, I'm, 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 I have my natural congestion because I'm a smoker. So that's just about it. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, I'm walking around here with my mask on. My kids like, why you got your mask on? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, um, y'all go wash your hands and your faces and stuff because uh, daddy might be sick and stay away from me. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't help Junior with his, uh, with, with his e-learning about the day. 
And then my lovely wife, you know, she I I had a little concern. I went downstairs, I moved my car, I came back, and I'm like, you know, who's gonna watch Junior? I'm like, did you come in here and watch Junior real quick? She like, you know, she should know her laptop at the time. He's at work already. She's like, I can't do it. I'm like, I freaked out. I was like, man, I can't be touching him and stuff. I might have it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I straight, I broke down, and she saw it in me. She looked and was like, oh, hold on, let me. She paused all her stuff. She came over. She's just like, look, just calm down. Just, just, <laughs> just, just wash your hands. Make sure you're clean. Put your mask on. Wash it. You know, it's, it's gonna be okay. You all right? So, you know, after that, you know, I come back out after I watch Junior, I get him all dressed. He's he trying to make me feel better in his six-year-old way, which I love my son for that. And, uh, you know, hear my wife go like, all right, don't worry about nothing. Let me put his clothes on and stuff. I'm like, but you at work. No, I, I called off for the day. I'm like, how you call off work from home? That's, that's, that was my first thought. <laughs> when, you, when you already sitting at work, you'd have called off from work. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. All right, I went on, I went laid down. After that, I didn't hear nothing from my wife. Nothing at all. I, I came out here to check on everybody. She's sleeping in the corner of the couch, sitting next to Junior while he's doing his e learning. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you are you helping him? She, mm, he all right. I'm listening out for him. Like, how, you, how you listening out for him and you sleep in the corner? <laughs> I'm like, you gonna come check on me? She's like, you all right? It's fine. So, what you want some soup or something? I'm kind of You sleep? I had already came here, made me something to eat. I'm going back in the room. <laughs> so, That's awesome. You know, yesterday I, I was steady trying to call around. I even called up. I even text y'all. It was like, you know, I can't find, I can't find a rapid test place for nothing. Because I'm trying to get, I was trying to get tested so I can at least try and go back to work on Friday. And, you know, like everybody, I, I everything I looked up, everybody was scheduling something for like the weekend. Like everything was filled. But one of the things that I love about my wife is that she is determined when she has her mindset for something, especially when it comes to my health. So she just kept looking because I had finally made me like, a, I scheduled an appointment at CVS and I just planned on being off work this weekend. Like, so I just, I just give me a little rest and this will be my little vacation. She comes running in the room like around 1230, like, I found your rapid test. I found your rapid test. Put your clothes on. You got to be there at 116. I'm like, where's it at? Hold on. I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> she runs this address. I drive out to Westmont. I drive out to Westmont, hop in one of the uh, lines and stuff where you, you know, drive up and they test you. And this dude like shoved this cotton thing like so far down my throat. And it was unexpected. I felt like I was getting like, I don't know. It felt like a porno for a second. Like, am I getting tagged? <laughs> I felt a little violated. <laughs> I, I deep throated it today. That shit wasn't cool. Wow. I'm just saying. Was like, you know, like, uh, what you here for? Uh, the exposure. You got anything? All right, cool. Open your mouth, say, ah. By the time I need to get ah out before he's like, ah. Oh. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God. I think you left some cotton in there, bro. <laughs> He's like, all right, we'll just see you test in a day or two. We'll see you later. It's like, all right. That felt like a threat violation. It really did. That was rough. <laughs> yeah. 
But at the end of the day, brother, I'm glad that it seems like you're doing okay, that everything came back all right. Yeah, and then we were able to get those results as soon as possible. I would have hated to come on back. I am negative for COVID nineteen, so I am very happy about that. Very relieved, and still willfully ignorant of how the virus or the experience of the virus. And I, was yeah, I can't that wait. Way. I can't wait for the twenty twenty one pornos to come out now. Oh, doctor, I think I need my COVID. <laughs> oh, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Open wide, honey. Open wide. Uh, hey, hey. Let's see how positive you are. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I, I think he hit the pot. He hit that dangly thing back there. It wasn't cool. I, I appreciate it at all. I felt positive. <laughs> I really did. Well, this is just further motivation. Stay away from COVID, everyone. That's right. <laughs> And, and be careful about the people who you work with. They keep that six feet. Keep your mask on. Stop playing. So do you know who at your job ended up catching it? Like, do you feel like they were flagrant about it? or I, I seriously doubt the, the person who it was, she did not one of these people who would, like, just come to work and they know they were sick. So I'm assuming, like, he ended up getting, like, some symptoms. Because I, I worked with her, like, this weekend. And right. You know what I mean? Like that, 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 ten. Because I, I came into work on he was there work on Monday too, so mm-hmm. it was like okay, well, it's a pretty good. That's a pretty good bet. She, she, she just didn't know. It right. wasn't one of the things that she, she might have just got some symptoms or something after the fact or something. And she decided to go get herself tested. So right. I don't, I don't harbor any ill will against anybody or anything like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, that people just came to work. Like I know I'm sick, but I'm going to work anyway. So right. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Since you already awesome. then went on ahead and, and, and did the deep throat, you might as well get that prostate check now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, why not? <laughs> hey, leave it so, on to the circle right back right. around to it. <laughs> Violation and violated twice in the whole year. That sounds about good. Yeah. <laughs> somebody <laughs> talk about it to somebody. Yeah. 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 Might as well. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Logic like Spock, I tell you, boy. Like I tell you, it's to make all the sense. On that note, Hudson, how was your week? Oh man, you know, I woke up this morning and I and I had me a nice bowl of oatmeal, and I like oatmeal with the with the brown sugars in it. I just get the plain oatmeal and I put the brown sugar in there. But you know, I I hit the jackpot this morning because I was putting in the brown sugar, right? And I didn't have enough in there. Like I looked down, I was like, there's not enough in there. And, you know, I looked around. There was nobody in the kitchen with me watching. And, you know, I just went, whoops. Oh, I put too much brown sugar up in there. I just, you know, I poured in a whole ton of more and just went over on my brown sugar. So, uh, you know, I basically had some brown sugar with some oatmeal this morning, and it was fantabulous. Okay, let me tell you that right now. And look, here's the thing, right? At last week, right, after after we uh, recorded our last podcast, right, I, I had actually, um, okay, it's getting cooler, right? So you know how the bugs are outside usually and they're in your yards, right? And I'm cool with them being in the yard. I'm like, okay, even though I, I, I own the place, 
you know, I'm I'm good with them being in the yards. Like y'all can have a yard, y'all cool right there. Just don't come in the house. But you know, when it gets colder, the the buds start traveling, trying to find places. You know, they're trying to get food. They're trying to find places to to shelter for the winter. You know, whatever it is, whether they hibernate or just die. You know, they they trying to find different spots to be. And so some of them try to make their way up them porch steps and they try to come in the house. Right. And and I'm the guy in my house that has to that has to kill the buds when they come up. Now, I try to keep a strong face. I try to keep a strong face, but I don't really like doing that, you know, because some of them bugs be very colorful. And I know the dangers in them colorful bugs because them colorful ones be the ones that carry that venom. You know, they, they use the colors to try to attract you to them. They're, they're like peacocks, you know, they're trying That's to- What the hell is he talking about this morning? Right? <laughs> colors, right? So, so I say all this to say, right? I, I, I go to bed, right? And, you know, a bug, it must've made its way inside and it comes and, and it bites me in the middle of the night, right? And, and I, you know, I, I naturally, I swat it, right? Because I'm asleep, but I swat it because I feel it on me. But I wake up and, I, and I'm looking at these handprints on my leg. Like I've been swatting this thing, been trying to swat this thing a couple times. It must have been. And I look down, it's like I can see the bug bite and I can see the colorfulness of the bug that I squashed. And I'm like, oh my God, this thing is, I don't even know what this is. Right, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what type of bug it is, <laughs> and, and you know, you watch them things about the brown recluses and all that, so I'm getting scared. I'm like, what is this? And then, no, we don't watch those things. <laughs> right, I'm saying, you know, what started off as a bug bite, you know, I just I don't scratch, I just rubbed it a little bit, and it started to whelp up. And I'm sitting there like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what the what the hell is going on here? You know, I start getting this whelp on my leg and it's starting to itch. And I'm like, oh, did this thing like lay eggs inside of me? Is, is this, you know, is it is it that much venom up in here? And and I'm getting scared, right? I'm like, oh my God, what, what, what kind of bug is it? Because I don't know what bug it was. So this could be one of these things that's coming to kill me. Now, here's the irrational part about this whole thing, right? Is that, I, I think to myself, I need to wake my wife up because I might need to go to the hospital. Like, it, and you know, it's like it's like two, three in the morning, and I'm thinking, you know, this this is serious. I I mean, I might die. So I'm 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 up here. I'm thinking about waking her up because I'm serious. Y'all don't have these thoughts, but I do. These bugs, I don't know what they are, and there's like a new thing of bugs coming out every year. So. I think about waking her up and I and I and 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 I don't because I don't want her to start getting mad at me talking about what you wake me up for for this bullshit, you know, and I don't want her doing that. So I just lay awake all night thinking if I could just make it through the night that I'm okay. So <laughs> I think so I just stay up the rest of the night just thinking about this bug and what kind of bugs I'm looking on my phone, trying to figure out the different colors I'm putting in the colors and trying to figure out what bug it is. I'm on WebMD. I'm doing all that to try to figure out if this bug is okay. And, 
And I, I say all this to say, why in the world did I feel like I couldn't wake up my wife and tell her, you know, that I felt worried? You know, why does she have that much power over me that I decided I wasn't going to wake her because I, I was scared to wake her? You know, she wakes me up 10 times a, a, a week for nothing. So I'm like, why can't I wake her up? But anyway, anyway, that's kind of how, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that happened this week, but that was kind of the thing that got to me the most. And, and you know, I just got to say, when it gets to like this cool weather, get the roundup or whatever it is. You know, the roundup got some litigation going on with, with cancer causing agents. Get whatever it is and make sure you protect the exterior of your home and all of that to make sure these bugs don't come in from the outside and start biting you and eating you up because you don't know what's out there. It's a jungle out there, and you don't want the jungle coming inside when it gets cold out there. This is my domain in here. I don't want any bugs in it. So get the roundup, protect yourselves, and be okay because, you know, you never know the next time you get bit what it is. Can I ask? I just have one question. This whole this this whole second part that you that you've been on about getting bit and being fearful and things of that nature, how does it relate to brown sugar and oatmeal? No, it, it, well, brown sugar and oatmeal, <laughs> brown sugar and oatmeal was the happy point of, of, of one of the happy points of my week that I wanted to describe. And the buzz was the like the scary part of my week that I wanted to describe. Like, you know, that's the roller coaster I've been on. Happy, anxious, you know, sad, you know, elated. You know, it's been a roller coaster this week. Samore, how you even remember you said that? I don't remember anything about brown sugar. Past this colorful bug was I, after I heard venom. It was, it was I, bro, what? this whole this whole time since he started talking about bugs, I was waiting for the tie-in. <laughs> I was like, sooner or later, he's gonna explain how this all fits together. And so when that didn't come, I was like, hey, let me ask. Guess my better judgment. <laughs> where do you live? Bugs don't know no side. It it be some different bugs hanging around. You don't know. I mean, they ain't they ain't game banging like that where they just you know they said they can't come on the east side. They come over here all the time. You know, it's you just never know what's out there. There's like a million species but, but what of different I'm bugs to... hanging out. What what I'm trying to understand is that during the summer, you say that these bugs are just there. And when the winter comes, they start making their way towards your house. What kind of bugs are you seeing in the summer? That's what, I, that's what I'm really trying to figure out. Did you think it was? Do you remember the colors of this bug? Now you know I I can't say that I've seen every species that's out there. 
But you know, there there's like there's like tons of different types of bugs, and I don't always know what they are. I just stay the hell away from them. Well, I I'm aware of that, but we live in the city of Chicago. It ain't. I mean, unless you're someplace like I say, I know you live on the east side. You live ain't a whole lot of bugs and whatnot like that that I remember in the hood. I ain't been in the hood in a long time. I'm out here in the suburbs where I see praying mantises all the time. It was one sitting out front of my door where my wife and my kids wouldn't leave out the place. It was sitting outside like it was waiting for them to come get them. I, I, I've seen things that aren't naturally in the area and like they're starting to kind of migrate and stuff like that. And you just said you just said venom. You said there's nothing, there's nothing in this city that has venom. Okay, so when I hear a bug that you believe has venom and that you're that much concerned. I, I can't take it seriously, and I'd probably be very upset if I was your wife too. Well, we don't we, we don't live in Australia. we don't live in Australia, bro. We ain't got bugs out here that's just killing people. We don't. First off, bees have venom, okay? And 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 remember, I don't know <laughs> if it was venom or if it was laying its eggs in my leg. Look, I had a big old whelp over here, okay? And and it's gone away now, so it must be out my system. You know, shout out to my antibodies for for destroying whatever, you know, random agent was in my body. Look, I don't know what it was. Wow. Okay. But it but it in the moment at three in the morning, it felt like I had a mile long tumor up going up my leg from whatever bug this was. Okay. Could it have just been a mosquito, bro? I'm just saying. Like I would, I would accept that a lot faster than some venomous spider or arachnid that found its way into your house oh, and your leg. That they either put his venom in you or the laid his eggs. Like I find it hard to believe where we are. You know, yeah. if we was in Arizona or something like that. Obviously, I overreacted <laughs> because I'm still here to tell the story. Thank goodness. Look, I just want everyone else. <laughs> to understand that it's getting cooler protect your house. You know, you know, the, the the best way not to get bit is not to let the bug in there in the first place. Okay. Get that round up and, and get them at the door, you know, stop them there. That's all I'm saying. They out here and they're coming. They, they out are. Here, people. <laughs> hey, thank you, Hudson. I, I, I You're welcome. Your words of inspiration and your call for people to protect themselves and protect their homes in these changing seasons and these trying times. <laughs> um, so, moving on to uh, my week, I actually want to take a, a few minutes to talk about um, the recent murder of uh, the rapper King Vaughn. Uh, first and foremost, condolences to his friends, his families, you know, his uh, uh, fans, the people who are really, really hurt by this. It's obviously a very tragic and unfortunate situation. So uh, I just want to start off with that. I spoke about this, I think it might have been a week, maybe a week and a half ago on my YouTube channel. But that was before I saw an interview that DJ Academics did with King Von's manager, where they walked through 
um, the entire situation and how some of the people in his inner circle react to it. And I, I think there is just an opportunity to reinforce some of the things that I said. You know, first and foremost, I stick to way before the situation happened and way before the world knew who King Von was, Chicago failed him. You know, before at an age where he should have never had certain experiences, this brother experienced real trauma. He experienced people being murdered. He experienced people very close to him taken away. He was inducted into this gang life. He was raised in circumstances that molded him into a lane that no human being should really be in. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to take away any of his own personal responsibility for the choices, the decisions that he made and the life that he decided to live. But I think if we're going to be honest and critical about how do we start breaking the, the cycle that we see these young men getting involved in, it, it can't all just be about pointing the finger at rappers or pointing the finger at the youth and saying, why can't they do better? You also have to look at the circumstances these people are being raised in and the mindset that they feel like they have to adapt to survive and ask, how do we ensure that the, a, a new generation of children who are trying to figure out how do they conduct themselves and what kind of opportunities are available to them, how can we help ensure that they're going to make different choices and have a different path? And I think when you're looking at how, how do you bring those type of circumstances about, it's much more about the adults than it is about the youth. It is a responsibility of the adults, the people with money, the people with power, the people with some level of stature and status within the community to try to shape these environments that are going to give our children the absolute best opportunity to be able to succeed. And I, I, I feel like there's just not enough of that happening because there's there's too much finger pointing. Nobody really wants to be the person to stand up and take more responsibility and say, I'm going to try to do more and I'm going to do my part to try to make this better. And I feel like time after time again, that's reflected in these situations that these brothers find themselves in where they are, where these violent, horrible circumstances happen to them. And it's unfortunate. It's something that I feel like we all collectively have to work together to uh, try to help stop. And to be honest, I do feel like we're, we're getting better. I do feel like there's more attention on the things that need to be done in the Black community to break this cycle. But it's just not enough yet. It's just more of us have to be willing to step up and do more. And so that's been on my mind um, this past week. And just want to talk about it briefly. That's all. And I feel like it's especially relevant since, you know, King Von is from Chicago. There are a lot of Chicago um, uh, uh, rappers and figures who have made it clear that they're very angry about how a situation occurred. And there's the possibility of more violence coming from this, which would be deeply unfortunate for everybody involved. It's, it's not going to help anybody. And I hope that people that are actually connected to the folks involved in the situation are reaching out and trying to ensure that it's peaceful because more violence is, it's just not going to help anybody. It's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to ease the pain. It's just going to cause more of your family and loved ones 
to end up dead. And that's it. That's all I want to say. I mean, uh, I, I can't remember a time, and maybe it's because social media is out there now, that that so many people in this industry are 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 tragically getting getting killed and 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 passing away here. I, I can't think of a time that that it's been like like this. I mean, and like right. I said, maybe it's because it's now it's it's all in your face with social media, and, and sometimes you just hear about people that you were previously never heard of. Like I'm I'm not in the into rap like that where I know all of these people. So honestly, when I heard about heard about him, that was the first time I heard of him. So I, right. I wasn't really uh, in there, but I can't remember. Like it, it seems like every every other week I'm hearing about something with uh, with someone in that industry, and that is that, that's just tragic. And so I, I definitely agree with you. This is a this is a new wave. Um, you know, it's not like it wasn't happening before, but it was a it was rare and it was a big deal. It was a big deal when Big L got killed. It was a big deal when Pac and Biggie got killed, and it was rare. You know, it was something that you didn't see every day. And now it just seems like back to back to back to back to back, where either these brothers are being gunned down or they're dying of drug overdose. You know, now the drug overdose stuff, I understand more why that's happening, because in the era of rap that we grew up with, it was cool to be the drug dealer. It was not cool to be the drug user. In fact, it was you were looked down upon if you were someone who was known for being addicted to a substance. And you know, you know, they didn't they didn't show respect to their customers. <laughs> you know, their the customers were the people who were too weak to do what they needed to do to take care of themselves. You know, you didn't aspire to be like those people. Whereas now we're in a generation of music that really idolizes drug addiction and talks constantly about, hey, I'm on lean, I'm doing Molly. You know, they talk all the time about these different highly addictive drugs that they're on and they make it fashionable for young people. And so these young people, you know, they were already addicted before they became big. You get a whole bunch of money, you're not gonna magically stop being drug addicted. So I understand why that new wave is happening. But the wave of, of, of violence against um, rap figures, it's, it's shock, it's alarming. You know, now I think King, when I think about that though, I think of like the Pop Smoke and some of the other people that have come along. The people involved in drill music, like everybody involved in drill music is just all about violence. And it's about violence in a way that no other version of hip hop, you know, talks about or centers on violence. It's it's in its whole, whole different realm. You know, you're talking about artists who on a regular basis bring up the names of the dead. You know, talk about such and such a person got murdered in the street. And if you keep talking, I'm going to murder you, too. You know, that kind of stuff, stuff that just doesn't happen. And, you know, the, the, the craziest, hardest battle rap songs you can think of, you know, Pac is not bringing up dead people and saying, like, you know, F your dead homies. And so it's a it's totally different genre. And all those people. You know, they're dealing with a totally different level of violence. And King Von was part of that. But it's just this it's this whole wave. It's this whole escalation. And it's sad to see. Wow. But I feel like it really comes down to K 
kids or, you know, young adults who don't know how to deal with their emotions, who are confronted with disrespect or problems or issues, and they either just flat out don't know how to deal with it, never had somebody in their life who explained to them, like, hey, if someone says something to you and you feel disrespected by that thing this person has said, here's how you handle that. Like what happened to King Von was completely avoidable. You know, don't get me wrong. It's incredibly sad that they shot that brother. Uh, it's incredibly sad, incredibly unfortunate. But he should not have walked over there. He should not. That That is just not the way you deal with someone who you feel like has disrespected you in some way. And his manager was on camera saying, you know, nobody fights anymore. You know, he went over there to fight. He didn't go over there to shoot anybody. And then they shot him. Bro, that doesn't make sense. You know, King Von was known as a stone cold killer. He was known as someone who was fully capable of shooting another person. He long ago, he lost the right to say, okay, we're going to shoot the fair one. If I look up at someone who I, I know is a known killer is beating on my best friend, I'm not going to assume, well, oh, he just plans to beat on them. He's not going to pull out a gun and kill him. Like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And it's, it's just sad. No matter how much money, no matter how much success, no matter how much fame, it's like they can't break out of that cycle. They can't accept that, hey, you're, you're in a new zone now. You're in a new life. You, you can't do the things you used to do. But, you know, even even when when we were growing up, you know, it, it stopped being it stopped being about the hands. I mean, people yeah. even then people were I mean, I, I remember like this so stands out when I was in high school and, and, and this situation stands out. And it's this dude. I was actually on a college tour and, and me and him were just chatting. And and he he was a thug. He was he was in one of those games. I can't remember which one, but he is in one of those games. And I remember him saying very casually, right, to me, nah, I don't fight, man. I, you know, I just shoot you. Right. I mean, right. it. and he was so casual with it. And and right. you know how somebody got that look, and you're like, yeah, he don't give a he don't give a shit. Like he he really will just just do that, won't he? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, I don't know, man. It's it, it's no been, empathy. We can't even say it's a new world anymore because it's been that world for for well over 20 years now. And it and it and I see no changing back right now. I mean, if it changes back, it don't look like it'll be for a long time. I agree, brother. Well, I appreciate all of you all sharing how your week went. Um, just to let all of our listeners know, we are going to be taking a break for the holidays. So there will be no um, SJH Man Cave recording um, of Facebook Live next week. And so there'll be no episode that following Wednesday. However, that following Wednesday, we will have our live show and pick back up with our regular schedule. But we just want to take that Wednesday to kind of be with our families and then be with them on Thanksgiving as well. I thought uh, this would be a good time to talk about what are our Thanksgiving plans? Are you all having anybody over? Um, are you even cooking? Are you even bothering with Thanksgiving? Um, Jason, I, I'll start with you. You got any specific Thanksgiving plans? My wife is shut down the cookie factory. 
Uh, not only did she say, ain't nobody coming to this house, <laughs> ain't nobody gonna be in here except us. Uh, she said she ain't cooking this shit neither. <laughs> we are outsourcing our Thanksgiving dinner this year. Uh, she already got me picking up a honey baked ham on Sunday. Uh, she, she picked up, a, she, she, she is gonna cook me a uh, pork uh, tenderloin. I told her, I said, mm. I've been wanting a tenderloin and whatnot for the longest time. And I see them in the stores all the time. I'm like, hmm, I bet that'd be good. It's a big old, big old piece of pork. Let's just eat that. That'd be great. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we, we picking up a couple other things from Priscilla's and went out around the way, the sides and all that other stuff. And then she's forcing me to cook the macaroni. So I, I can't get out of it. Oh, I, I, she has to make my mama's, uh, she has to make my mama's stuffing for me. So I only yeah. ask for it one time out the year. So I need to have that, and I don't want any issues, and I don't want no problems. Uh, she she like to keep her happy home. I like to keep her iced out. You know what I'm saying? I like to keep her, you know what I'm saying, all with the Gucci and everything else on. I told her I need to have my mama stuff. Now, she took the time out. She talked to my mama. My mama wrote down the recipe for it and everything like that, and she'd be doing real good for like the last six, seven years. Let me tell you. When she, when my wife make my mama's, uh, my mama's stuff, it, it, she don't skip a beat. It tastes just like my mama's stuff. She don't, she don't relax on it. She don't, she don't pinch off the recipe. She followed the directions. She got the directions over in the drunk drawer. I told her she need to mess around and put that in one of them little file folders with the little clear little front. Cause I think it's disrespectful to stick the recipe in the drawer, but I let her handle things that she want to handle. As long as it come out and it tastes like it's supposed to taste, it needs to taste like my mama's stuff. Because I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that for at least the rest of my life. Because it's only two things I ask for in this world. I don't ask for a lot. I don't ask for it. I work real hard. I work real hard to make sure everybody's happy. I work real hard to make sure everybody has things they need. I work extremely hard. And one time a year, and, it's, and I give her the option. It's either Thanksgiving or it's Christmas. I need my mama's stuff. Plain and simple. <laughs> now she tried to pass off and say, Well, I'm gonna make my stuff. I don't want that stupid stuff. I want my mama's stuff. I need my mama's stuff in this kitchen, and I don't want nobody touching it other than me because don't nobody want to eat my mama's stuff except me. So make my tray and my mama's stuff. You can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can go out on Black Friday, on Thursday. You can go on out there. You can shop to your heart's content. <laughs> but as long as my mama's stuff in the kitchen, you can do whatever you want to do. So other than that, you know, we go, we like I said, we outsourcing our meal, and we gonna bring in a bunch of stuff, and we just gonna sit here as a nice force and family, and we gonna figure out something to do up in here. We might take a couple little Thanksgiving movies or something to watch. Or uh, I just hooked up the Switch where we could play uh, online and everything like that. So we might find, a, I might try to find a little family game night where we could play on the Nintendo Switch or something like that. Other than that, we, we just going to be here. We're going to be here. We're going to have us a nice day. And we're going to enjoy meals as a family. And can't nobody bring the corona over here. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like a good plan to me. Mm-hmm. Right, so what about you, man? Uh, thinking about putting locks on the doors from the inside. <laughs> so, so, you know, no one can open them. <laughs> well yeah. as not get out or get in because uh you're usually a house hopper right you usually go around from house to house on Thanksgiving uh yeah yeah that that's usually my thing but but the Rona as everyone knows is ramping up 
I mean, it is rampant, and and it don't look like it's slowing down. So, nope. you know, I mean, it, it's in this holiday season. I expect the week after Thanksgiving, we're gonna see numbers just through the roof because you know people ain't got no sense, and, and nope. they, you know they're gonna be like, you can't take Thanksgiving from us, you know, and and it's gonna be, you know, they're gonna be all types of that, and you know, for me. Though it's not going to be a big deal because I'm I'm used to low key. Just you know, I might do some house hopping, but I ain't gonna be there for a significant amount of time. You know, I'm gonna be there <laughs> long enough to get a plate. You know, Jason knows. In and out. He remember. In, you know. In and out. All right, y'all. Did you just get here? He only take his coat off, Jackie. He just come on in. How y'all doing? See y'all later. Really <laughs> make that plate so fast. <laughs> Pretty much, and then I'm up out, you know. But um, you know, my my kids, my wife, you know, they used to the the big gatherings, and and so you know, I suspect it's going to be, you know, a, a little tough on them. I mean, I, I it's it, it's not going to be easy, but we're going to stay in, of course. And you know, what it does give us the opportunity for is is you know, we I don't know what meat we're going to choose. Because none of us are particularly into turkey. So the turkey was for everyone else. I mean, you know, and I'm not into the ham either. Uh, my wife, she, uh, she's okay with the ham, but I don't think she particularly loves it. I think she, she, likes, she likes the, the leftovers for sandwiches. Like she likes that. But other than that, She's not really into, you know, I got to have a turkey leg or I got to, you know, got to have that fresh slice of ham. She ain't really into that and neither am I. So we're going to end up, we haven't chosen the the, the meat yet. So that's going to be kind of exciting to see what we're going to choose, see how it's going to turn out and, and go from there. But, you know, we're just going to have a scale down. It's, you know, we're, we're still going to have the regular stuff. You know, we're going to have the, the mac and cheese, the greens. Don't let me say too much because she already like, hey, y'all, y'all ordering all this stuff, you know, <laughs> ain't gonna be like previous years where, you know, we were doing cooking out of this house, doing cooking out of grandma's house and, and other people's houses and all come together for the whole meal to make it happen, right? So, you know, it, it's gonna be like a, a regular, cool, scaled down dinner, you know. I don't know what we're gonna do. We might try movies too to pass the time. Uh you know, and, and just kind of try to make it as much of a family atmosphere as possible. Make some Zoom calls maybe just to, you know, help let the kids and my wife get some FaceTime with the rest of the family. You know, me, I'm going to kick back once, once, you know, once I don't have to make any more store trips of stuff that we forgot <laughs> for, for the dinner, you know. Once I can, once I can sit back and, and crack, crack open a couple beers, I'm going to be cool. You know, um, so it's going to be real low key, real quiet, which is what I'm hoping for every year anyway. So it, this is right up my alley personally. So I'm going to be nice. Fine. Um, uh, for me, it's it's always up in the air what happens for Thanksgiving. Um, it used to be something that on my mother's uh, on my side of the family, we celebrate every year until my grandmother died. And when my grandmother passed, it, it kind of always became like a last minute. Are we going to do Thanksgiving? Are we not going to do Thanksgiving? You know, she was kind of the center that pulled, always pulled that together. Um, 
I, uh, on my wife's side, her, her uh, grandmother has talked about maybe we should do like a Zoom call where everybody at their separate Thanksgiving, we can all be together somewhat and be able to talk to each other. We're still going back and forth and trying to figure that out. I don't know. It's hard for me to wrap my head right now about doing any Thanksgiving plans. I've been really, really sick these uh, past couple of weeks. You know, I think anyone who's listened to the podcast last week could tell that I, I wasn't feeling all that well, and I'm still not feeling well now. My wife and I, we were supposed to go to uh, Punta Cana um, together this weekend, and I've ended up having to back out of that um, because I don't feel up to it. And I'm one of those people, it's hard for me to uh, make plans around food <laughs> when I'm not feeling well. <laughs> when it's almost, I, I have no appetite whatsoever. So try to put together this event about a whole bunch of food and what we go cook and all that. It's just not in me right now. But I will say, if COVID is no longer a real thing by next Thanksgiving, which, you know, if these test trials for the vaccines turn out to be true, and it is 95%, you know, um, um, taking care of it the way that they've advertised and it all goes well, uh, I think we should definitely put together uh, some sort of uh, man cave Thanksgiving outing where uh, all the brothers get together and like uh, cook and put things together. I have really, really fond memories of the one time, like we all got together for Thanksgiving and Keith had the uh, turkey in the deep fryer. And I think you might've had uh, one as well, uh, Jason, like that, that was all fantastic and delicious. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, I, I didn't do the deep fried turkey. That was moot. That was moot all day. Yeah, you probably brought your spaghetti, right, right, right. That, that was that year when I who got real mad because then nobody saved him none of that turkey. He wanted to get right, everybody out. Right, <laughs> he, right. He on, wanted to beat on. up everybody. Moo did yeah. a turkey and he ain't even get a piece Mo, of it? Moo did two fried turkeys. <laughs> and they were fine. I swear to God. I hope he listened yeah. and he know how fine they was. <laughs> I, think, I think one was like some kind of buttery garlic one, and then he did like a jerk. And all yeah. he said after, after he did all that cooking, all he said was, I just want a couple pieces of both. Y'all yeah. can have as much as y'all want. Just either right. put me something to the side or just leave right. me something to the that I can enjoy. And everybody went in and destroyed them damn turkeys. He was so mad. <laughs> I couldn't even blame him. I'm like, I'd be mad too. Like, I wish I had thought yeah. about how to put your food to side, bro. I ain't right. even think about it because that shit was so goddamn good. <laughs> shit. So, so I would love an event like that where, like, we run out of space and then, you know, there's like a line of tables and then different brothers who like, you know, cook their own turkeys or have their own stuffing recipe or whatever. And they can all cook something and then, you know, people can all get a plate and sit together and it can be a nice, you know, family event for everybody to come to. And it also will give the opportunity for some brothers with some real culinary skills to, you know, to uh, get some get some exposure and, and let people know uh, that, hey, we out here. So. Hey man, that's a that's a uh, that's a meeting uh, uh, for future planning on that one. Then that could be like an SJH band cave Thanksgiving giveaway or some kind of. Mm -hmm. Come on out and have Thanksgiving dinner with the man cave. See, see yeah. where we at come next year, man. We'll we'll sponsor. We'll get folks together. We'll get a couple chefs or something. Exactly. We'll see where y'all just keep listening to us though up until that point. We still need y'all. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. Neil Brown up in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Looking forward to it. Um, so there was uh, one other topic I wanted to get into. Since we were having this discussion today regarding Thanksgiving and holiday, thought it might be a good uh, time to ask a more family-related question about, brothers, what do you all, what do you do when you have a need to recharge and rest and need to do it away from the family? So you need to get away from the wife, you need to get away from the kids and kind of recharge your batteries. What are, you know, some of the techniques you use to be able to do that? And I'll start with you, Hudson. Well, you know, first off, first off, you got to ask yourself, why, oh, why do I need to get away? You know, <laughs> and uh, look, let me let me tell you, you know, we we all love our families, you know, love them to death or do anything for them. But man, you know, ain't nothing like family to get on your last nerve, the last one you got. <laughs> you know, they're going to be right there on it playing jump rope with the thing, you know, that's what they do to your head, <laughs> you know. And let, let me tell y'all, I, I put out like a, uh, a, a little uh, meme on, on the group about, uh, about it said, uh, can, you, can you give me until like 8 a.m.? Can you let me sleep in till like 8 a.m.? And, <laughs> and my kid's like, ah, best I can do is 630. You know, that's my life every every morning. You know, every morning, got two kids. One of them's waking me up at 630. One of them's doing it. You know, there, there's no, like, when I only had the one, there was a chance that both of them, they tag team it. Ain't no way I'm sleeping past 630 anymore. It don't happen. So, not to mention the getting up in the middle of the night, you know, which is mostly the little one, but sometimes the big one do it too. So mm. I'm 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 up early and you know, I, I'm not going to bed anytime soon after that. Like there there is no there's no job in the world that has had me up like this, like I'm up right now. So for anybody who's ever said that that you know back in the day when it was all thought to be woman's work to raise children anyone who's ever said like it was easy you know i should i should slap the shit out of you right now i should because you know it ain't you know you it's totally disrespectful and we just talking about the raising the kids part we ain't talking about having to do the chores centered around it too look my oldest one ate crackers today Right now, y'all already know how messy that got. You know, mm -hmm. uh, crumbs everywhere, <laughs> and you know, mm -hmm. I got the wrong floorboards for those kind of crumbs because it's the floorboards <laughs> with the there's a million there's a million panels to those floorboards, a million little mm -hmm. boards, skinny boards. So I got cracks all through this floor where little crumbs can get into. So it is hard to sweep every single one of those up. Okay, so I mean, you know, it, it's you know, it, it's one of those things where now you throw in the wife, who you know, some days, right? It seems like as appreciative as they can be to what you do for your family, 
Boy, I tell you, they can come, they can come up with some stuff and tell you everything that you're doing wrong, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what family for. Oh yeah. And, and my first thought is is always to say, you know, and 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 you two know that I I was like that back in the day. Why don't you do it then? And, and I <laughs> I just I just tossed up the hands and I walk away. It's all yours then, player. You know, right. and you know I've matured, so now all I do is just mumble under my breath. Well, if you think you do it better, you should get your ass over here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I gotta, <laughs> and I gotta say it low enough so that she don't smack me in the back of the head after I didn't said it. You know, but I gotta say, I gotta say it high enough so I can still feel tough. You know, that's that's the life. Of a of a husband and a father right now, so you know it's so there is so much reason that you know from time to time you need some time, and and there's two different types of time, right? There's there's the I just need five minutes <laughs> just to myself, five minutes, twenty, maybe if at all possible, a nap. Can I get that? You know, and then there's those times where you feel like you need like a, a weekend getaway. You need like a you need like something, which is why, you know, I really uh, like that last trip we were able to take. That 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 one was a nice little recharge of the batteries, right? And, and so I, I totally missed it this year. You know, <laughs> like the previous years we did it. You know, I, I it wasn't it wasn't a thing where I had the family and I was you know I was like hey it's just a hey let's get out there now I know how you guys felt man, <laughs> man <laughs> you have no idea dog at all now I look forward to great thing about that still still offer it from time to time she'll be like do you need like a weekend just go I know you've been You've been, you know, doing a lot. I appreciate it. You, I mean, for all the for all the nitpicking she'll do on me on some things, she will offer and say, and you know me being who I am, I'm like, no, honey, I'm good. Shoot, give me some more. Give me some more. I took care of it, you know. Be lying my ass off. Like, I know, yeah, I better take that weekend. <laughs> One of these days I will take up on it. But I think <laughs> I think um now, I'm sure there's a lot of guys like me where where we I think we act too tough sometimes and we need to take that time uh, when it's offered because you never want to get into a situation where where you start getting short, you start getting irritable, you start getting you know upset over nothing just because you never take any time for yourself. And the thing I always think about is when you're on a plane, they tell you during those emergency talks that if the mask come down, you put your mask on first before you help a child or help anyone else in need with their mask. You got to get your mask on first because how much can you really help if you're flailing around trying to breathe too? So, yeah. you know, and I kind of take that to heart is that if we don't take care of ourselves and, and get time, and it's the same thing for mothers too. They got to do the same thing. They need time too. So it's really important to recharge. And, and for me, 
I mean, uh, honestly, the the great way were, were those trips that we would take. Like those were great recharge trips. You know, not not worrying about nothing, just going watching a game as the highlight of it was great for me. You know, seeing the sights of the city we were in. You know, all, all, and just hanging out with my fellas. You know, I mean that. So. Just to clarify for our audience, um, the trips he's referring to is we had about a two, maybe three year stretch where once a year we were um, going to a football game somewhere out of town. So I think me and Jason did it first. We went to Indianapolis Mm -hmm. uh, for the Bears and the Colts. That was just a quick trip. We just went there for the game and then came straight back. But then all three of us went to um, Detroit. We hung out in uh, Detroit for a little while, and then when is that when we went up to Canada? We went up to Canada for a little while afterwards, right? Yep. Right. So we went up, went to the Detroit for a football game. Then we went up to Canada for a couple of days, which is awesome. And then we came back, and then we went to a, a Buffalo a Bills game versus the Bears, and then also went up to Canada for a little while, spent a couple of days, and, and came back. So uh, it, it used to be a yearly thing for us that we would road trip to a, a Bears game. And of course, with COVID, we have not been able to do that this year. The worst. We'll be able to do it next year. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I agree, Hudson. Those those trips definitely were awesome and a great recharge for us. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's necessary. You can't, I mean, for, for all those people who are trying to be tough, because I, I, I've known people who've done that, stop it. Stop trying to be so tough and just take some time, you know, take some time, recharge. Your family will be better for it. They'll be better for it. Don't, you know, don't deny yourself that, you know. That's kind of what I have to help people work through uh, sometimes as a travel agent, because, you know, I'll tell people that I'm a travel agent. I love to travel. And they'll be like, oh, I don't have time for that. Or, oh, I can't, I can't make time to do something like that. I've got too much going on. I, and I have to explain to them, like, really, you can't afford not to take some time for yourself and try to uh, relax and recharge. And you'll be amazed at the difference it makes for you to just spend, you know, even if it's only two days, to just spend two days not looking at your phone, not worrying about your job, not worrying about what's going on at home, to just be able to lay on a beach somewhere and just relax and detox. It's it's a huge, it can be huge and a real game changer. Jason, what about you? What do you do to uh, try to relax? Well, it's just, it's definitely a blessing and stuff when you get an opportunity to be able to like go out and kind of travel and go and see some things, maybe experience some stuff that you haven't had a chance to kind of see. I know for me personally, I spend the majority of my time either at work or at home. So I I have these moments like, right, like I'm, I'm very comfortable sitting at home. I'm very comfortable when, if I'm just sitting up in the house and I'm just chilling out, you know what I mean, my wife and stuff. And we, we've, we've come very accustomed to just being homebodies. So it's not too much of an issue for me. But every now and again, like for me, like I, I grew up with, we, we've all been friends for about 20 years now, just in case people don't understand or if they don't know. I've known more since he was 16 years old. I've no, I met Hudson back in 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we, we've been, we, we've been rolling for a real long time. And like I, in my youth, 
I had people who I called friends, but a lot of them turned out to be a lot. They turned out not to be. And I think when I started getting into my adult years and stuff and the people that I talk to now and folks that I've dealt with in certain situations in certain parts of my life who were there for me, I I take that friendship and I take that sense of family very seriously. So I know for the last few years, we, 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 we all, pretty much we all, every one of us talked about stuff like when we were younger. Man, I can't wait till we start having our families. We're going to be having Thanksgivings over at our houses. We're going to be having Christmases together. Our our kids are going to be playing together and stuff like that. And even though you plan and you work and you you want things like that, it doesn't always happen. Uh, And it's not that you're leaving people behind or it's not that you're, you know, you're not comfortable being around people. It's just the fact that we've all grown up in different lanes and we all try to make it as best as we can. And, you know, so I, I take special care and I, I've, all, I've always been, I've always tried to at least keep track and keep up with folks just to make sure that I'm still supporting as a friend, making sure that I'm still supportive as, as a brother, family, whatever the case may be. I want my kids to know who I am and I want my kids to know who they are. And, you know, for me, like, if, if it's just about me getting out and just kind of refreshing, it's just good to kick. It's good to hang out with one of my buddies, especially if I haven't seen y'all in a long time. Like me, Hudson, and Samori, like we, we, the last time we were all together, we were at what? Was it Hooters downtown or was it uh, Twin Peaks out here in Oak Brook? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Anytime, like, like with Samori and Hudson, I, I appreciate you guys' friendship for me is like very. When I have my moments where I've been doubting myself sometimes or when the stress kind of gets to me, I know I can talk to you guys about it. And you, you know, you, y'all don't bullshit around with, y'all let me know what's real. It's, it's, and, that, and that's what I appreciate because, you know, like sometimes you just got to hear from people who've known you for a while to help you kind of get back on track, get you to focus on what it is that's important and where you're heading to. And then you know that that's that's kind of like my refresher. I know you guys, you guys do that for me from time to time. We got other friends, stuff like my brother Keith, you know, Big Move, uh, my cousin George out there, in, you know, Homewood. He he's here sparingly, but when he when he does get into town, it's always good to kind of hang out with him from time to time and just see what's going on in his mind. He has a real good financial head, so it's always good to sit down and just kind of have conversations with him to kind of get an idea about things that you might not necessarily know about and stuff. So I, 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 I depend on my friendships. I really do. I've never been a person who was good alone. I know there are a lot of people who are very independent and there are a lot of people out here who can just do stuff on their own, but I have so much fun when I'm with my boys. I, I, I just can't help it. Like when we, when we go on these vacations, it's, it's the best time I have. I, I love experience that stuff with my guys, man. It, it's the stuff that we talked about when we were young. And mm-hmm. like, even hopefully like in the future, I'm hoping that a lot of more of us start to get together and we're able to space out the time and, and we can take these trips and stuff and we can have fun like that. But hell, if I'm just rolling over to your house, sitting on your porch or sitting in your backyard having a beer for about an hour to just shoot the shit, talking about what's going on good in your life or, if I can give you some good advice, it's going to help you through something. Are you giving me good advice? It's helping me get through something. And we all got love for each other. So that's all I really need is just kind of depressed is 
I get an hour or two over a buddy house or we go out and we go do something together, I'm good. Otherwise, I'm sitting here in my house staring at my wife and kids trying to figure out what, what the hell did I do? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely um, echo the statements from both of you. I uh, love to travel, love the traveling events that we've been able to do together. Um, always enjoy those. Um, even if it is in Chicago, I love when we're able to just get together and go out and just get some wings and sit around and just talk uh, about life and how things are going for each of us. Um, but as far as being able to kind of get away and feel like you're getting a break from what's going on with the wife or what's going on with the kids, my wife and I were actually uh, pretty good to each other when when it comes to that. You know, we're, we're, we came into this relationship as both being people who, when we need our space, we need our space, you know, and we, we understand that about each other. So I know that sometimes Samantha just wants to be alone. And, you know, when, the, when that happens, I take Simone and we go into my room and I close the door. And when she asks, can I go to mommy? I say, no, <laughs> you're going to be all right. We're going to chill in here. You know, and she's very good at if I let her know, hey, you know, I can't watch Simone today. I need some time to myself. She'll, um, you know, unless she's got something specific going on, she'll be like, okay, no problem. I'll take her. You know, and even in the times that I talk about where we're going out, you know, for evening eating wings or when we're doing a vacation together, you know, it's never a big deal trying to get those things scheduled with her. You know, I can say, hey, me and the fellas, we're going to be out for four days going, you know, to such and such places. These are the dates. And, you know, as long as she doesn't have anything on the calendar that she's already told me about, she'd be like, okay. Let's put it in the calendar and I'll watch them on during those times. There's no big back and forth. There's no big arguments. You know, we, we, there's a, there's a very firm understanding that we are supposed to have other friends. There is a need for our own personal health to have sp our own space sometimes. And there's a mutual desire for us to be healthy and happy and at peace. And so we kind of try to, work with each other to make sure we're both getting that peace that we need. So, you know, uh, I, I'm blessed. I know everybody's relationship isn't like that. Some guys, they got to practically beg their wife to be able to get a night out. <laughs> so, so I understand that I'm in a very unique uh, situation and I'm not trying to present my marriage as perfect or everything. There are other situations where we go back and forth and argue and have our classes and problems, but that's just not it. That's the area where we're actually very good at being good to each other. And I'm thankful for it. Well, it's going to be very interesting when, if it, if it gets to, once it gets to the point where, you know, we can, we can all do that again, because, like, like my kids are getting very used to mommy and daddy being right here at their beck and call, which is a very dangerous thing for parents. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and like, like my littlest one, my youngest one, when I go for the, for coffee or something like that, you know, like, like my wife would tell me as soon as I, as soon as I come back, she's like, yeah, she's like, da-da, da-da. And <laughs> she's like, da-da just went to get the coffee. She'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> he looking around looking for me and i can hear her when i when i uh when i close the car door like she hears that car door and i can hear her from the car 
uh, yelling Dada because she know it's me closing that car door coming back into the house. So that's awesome. You know, even when this <laughs> thing is over and, and people can kind of go out semi normally again, it's still going to be some time before now I got to get her used to little by little, you know, you, you could be away from that. That comes back. You know, he will always come back. Right. So that's going to be tough. Right. Let me tell you something about that. Uh-oh. And this is me coming from having the oldest kids in the room. I, uh, I used to think about that when Jada was little. After a while, I got over it. I just, you know what? Daddy got to go. I'll see y'all later. Daddy, where you going? Daddy going out. See you later. Going there with your mama. I just, like, they didn't want to be callous or nothing like that. It's just like, I, 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 I gotta get out. I gotta go outside. I gotta go, I gotta go outside and play. I'm sorry. I've been stuck in this house. I've been stuck at work. I got, I gotta go play. I need a beer and I need to, I need to smoke a black and I need to be around my guys. I gotta go. I love y'all. I swear to God, I'll be back. I swear I'm coming back. This is, it's gonna be business as usual when I get home. I promise you. No, you know what? On, on the outside, that's what I am. I, on the outside, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going out the door. Y'all be all right. But on the inside, be like, oh, my babies. Oh, no, I left the feelings back a long time ago. When Julia got, Julia ran right into that, though. That's what was bad because you would think you would reset for your second kid. Not at all. <laughs> Junior got the same treatment Jada got. I see y'all later. Uh-huh. I got I got to go outside and play. I'm sorry. The streets is calling. I got to go see what they're talking the about. The streets is calling. <laughs> <laughs> Junior, like, hey. there you go. He, he he was so used to it. He ain't even crying. He ain't come running after me and nothing. He just no. He gone. Okay. Let's get to our final topic of the week, as it always is, the Bears. Um. Well, actually, first and foremost, before we get to the Bears, I thought it was interesting to note um, that for the first time in NFL history, uh, all black referee squad is going to work an NFL game. So Monday night football between Rams and Buccaneers will be uh, handled by an all black uh, referee squad. It's a definitely historical moment. Of course, there the NFL has been quick to call it out and, and push it forward as an example of how they are diversifying and how they value diversity and all sorts of that other good stuff. Um, I wish they point us out to some of those black owners that, that should be you know, existing. Mm-hmm. But. You know, you know, some of these black executive vice presidents, oh, no, you, you let us referee the games. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Such a blessing. Such a blessing, you all. Welcome to the NFL. Right, right, right. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a crab about it. It is historic. <laughs> so, hey, this is the first time it's actually happened. Like, like I've been seeing a lot more black refs stuff out there. That I actually hadn't paid attention. At one point in time, I thought I saw it already, but I guess that was wrong. They no, always, no, they no. always, they majority have the the white head ref, but I've been seeing a right. lot more black head referees. So, does anybody know the qualifications for being a ref in the NFL? Like, like what? 
Like I, I heard you have to be a, 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 you were once an actual judge maybe, or, or got a law degree or something. Like, <laughs> I've heard a lot of different things about. Like, it's not that bad, but we've already seen what happens when they just replace all the referees and have a bunch of scrub referees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, 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 I give them much respect. It's clear that they have some skill in what they're doing because oh, yeah. I've seen the alternative and I never want to go back. Oh, it's not. I did hear once upon a time uh, that they, uh, like, they kind of like, Depending on like the degree of like, how they do and stuff, like I've heard like high school to college to the pros, like I've I've seen I've heard that kind of like a you know the evolution of it, like they'll start off high school, but then high school rest, you know they all suspect, and then when you get right. to college or whatever, because uh, I think they have like college referees that do like the Pro Bowl and stuff like that. Hmm. So mm-hmm. some of it is like kind of like an introduction into the NFL doing those types of games and stuff like that. So I think they li- I think they literally do that. Like it's kind of like from college to to the pros, basically. You know, as much um, as I complain about refs, I'm absolutely amazed at, at how often they get the call right on some of those things. Especially when you see the replay, it's like, holy, he caught that. No, okay, the ref actually uh, made that right call. <laughs> what are they? What are you doing the training to help somebody be able to see that in real time? Like, mm-hmm. wow, wow. Um, I'm sorry. One other thing of note about this, I, I did think it was kind of cool that it was Troy Vincent who made the announcement, and of course, uh, that brother is the NFL's executive vice president of football operations. So, if Miss Just Do, we're we're uh, still trying to make progress when it comes to owners and vice presidents of agile teams. But it seems like the core NFL is slowly but surely working towards more diversity and inclusion in the people who are in power. You know, I'll, I'll say that, you know, I always kind of scoff a little when people make a big deal about those kind of announcements. I'll be like, oh, you're just trying to, you know, trying to, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say right. if I did that, I would make that announcement too. So, you know, let me stop being so cynical. You know, I, I think it is good that when you call out that, hey, you're trying to diversify and, and trying to be more inclusive. So, you know, let me say, hey, good job for the NFL to do that. Let's keep some of that going. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I said, it don't have to be an all black referee squad all the time. You know, it could definitely be mixed. Let's just make sure that we're representing on all levels. You know, right. that's all I ask. Absolutely. I, I feel you on the cynical part. Uh, this I'm cool with. When they did the whole, we going to play the National Black Anthem before games, like when the season <laughs> started, that that shit right there was, I'm, no, that's that's not necessary. Just come on. Let's, let's play football. Come on. You you already got the stuff on the field. You done already told the players they can have whatever name on the back of their helmets, on the back of the jerseys. No, you ain't got to play the national black anthem. Look, if they can play that little slave master anthem, they can play the national black anthem. Oh my I'm god, I'm doing all that. I'm doing all that. The only Give people that, that know the national black anthem are black people. Ask a white person <laughs> if they know the national black anthem. This is why it needs to be played during NFL games so and that was, it can be exposed to more was people. Turned out they only did it like the first couple games of the season, and they didn't even televise it. 
All right. Well, that's because of people like you. They was like, we're not even reaching the demographic we're trying to uplift. So we need more folks like you stand up being like, no, nah, y'all need to go ahead and do that. Y'all need to stick with that and keep doing it throughout the season. And then it would have gotten done. All right. <laughs> I will say, I will say that when the first game happened and they had that and they did the national black anthem, I was very cynical about it at first too. But when I actually heard it, I, I was fired up. Honestly, I was fired up. I loved hearing it. They had Alicia Keys do it. I, I was like, oh, this is a hit right here. This is the problem. We got too. With there's too much energy around figuring out how to placate a bunch of racists. All right, let those people boo. All right, let them eat cake. Oh, I can give a fuck about them and shit. I, I'm just like, hey, let's just play some football. But I, whatever. <laughs> whatever floats your boat, go ahead. Just, just get it on so we can get to the game. There we go. You know I ain't one of these saying. people that's going to boycott the NFL because they're doing it. It's just like that. Oh, this I just fucking, just ain't part of the game. Mm. No, if they're telling us anything, and, and this I appreciate, they're, they're telling us that our dollars do matter to a mm, certain degree. Right. You know, and and you, we can all say, hey, the NFL just wants to make sure they make money. Well, mm. they're a business. So, you know, let, let's, let's give them that, that respect. They're a business. They do want to make money. But they're mm-hmm. saying our dollars matter. So I, I can appreciate that. Because, <laughs> they go in our pockets too. You know, mm-hmm. our, we are going to spend our money. And and we've proven that that we're gonna spend our money. We we like football too damn much. And and right. you know, heck, we right. were taking a trip every year. So I do kind of appreciate Man. that they're they're actually <laughs> gonna consider my feelings and consider my money and go, okay, let's give them something for their money. Um getting to the Bears though, of course. Um they experienced uh yet another loss and it seems to be the same formula every week with uh, very, very little deviation. When Foles has time to do a three to five step drop without being hit or without experiencing a person in front of his face right when he steps back, he is able to deliver passes accurately and with touch. We saw multiple times during that game where he delivered the ball where it needed to go with a person in front of him, and the receiver just dropped it. There were two touchdowns that were just just dropped, just dropped. And um, professionals, um, one was definitely Robinson, uh, and the other one was 17, Miller. They both dropped potential uh, touchdowns. You mean the football that off Miller's fingertips yeah. while Miller was diving? When he got hit? He didn't get hit. He dived. He did not get hit. He dropped it. it. It went off this. Have you ever tried to catch a football off the tips of your fingers? I'm sorry. I, I, I've been watching professional receivers provide commentary on how to properly catch for years at this point. And they've always said the same thing. If you get two hands on the ball, you should catch it. He got two hands on the ball. This is a hand. You know what a tip is? You know what a tip is? No. The tips. That was his fault. That, uh, that was his wow. fault. I'm trying to figure out which pass y'all thought, because I stopped watching like around the fourth quarter. So well, see, was it, was it, was it a pass in the fourth quarter? 
And I bet you that's what you usually do during these games. You don't watch the whole game. You just watch certain... No, 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 it's too late. You just watch certain sections, and that's why I have a more fundamental understanding of what's happening in these games than you two do, because I'm watching the whole thing, and I'm seeing what Foles is going no. through. And what he's going through, no quarterback can deal with. I quit on the game by the fourth quarter, because by that point, I knew they had lost the game already. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched three quarters of horse shit, and then I, I was done. I couldn't watch no more because they'd upset me. More so be hanging on to their garbage time yards. Right. What would he do in these two minutes while they down by 25? But you notice there was no garbage time in that game because they had because they 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 had a chance that whole game and and it was full defense that whole game and they never got anything. So there is a slight deviation from what we've seen previously. Um, The past few weeks, I have said that I felt like the defense was culpable (laughs) and what was happening and that we did not get enough from the defense. I don't feel that way about this previous game. Um, Even though I feel like our pressure is still significantly lacking and that it's obvious those people on the line are not really doing their jobs. The fact of the matter is that they did get a couple of takeaways um, and they were able to keep the office to 19 points. So there were a couple of times where the offense was set up to hopefully take advantage of the situation. And because of our offensive line that continues to be hard and our poor wide receiver play where they're either not running the correct routes or they're dropping wide open passes that could have potentially turned to touchdowns, we were not able to convert those opportunities. Again, I do not see a problem with Foles. There are multiple highlights during that game where he's able to do a full step back and a full range of motion to throw, and the ball is delivered with touch exactly where it's supposed to do. We need to give the man time. Like, there's no way around this. I don't care what quarterback you give me. Tom Brady lost two Super Bowls because of pressure. Two Super Bowls. And he is... And he is the clutch quarterback, all right? Pressure ruins the greatest of quarterbacks, no matter who they are. We have to give this man time to throw. When he has time, he delivers the ball. But then on top of that, since we know that our offensive line is going through injuries and that it's having issues right now, we know that Foles is going to be running around or getting hit right before he's going to throw. These balls are not going to be perfect to these wide receivers. Some of them are going to be a little bit wobbly. Some of them they're going to have to die for. Some of them they're going to have to stretch for. We pay these wide receivers to make those plays. That did not happen last game. Didn't happen at all. Too many drops, too many missed opportunities, too many guys on the offensive side of the ball not stepping up and giving Foles the assistance that he needs. Do you know, but do you know why it looks like our D-line is not getting the pressure that it that it used to? It's, it's, be, it's because the, the, the offense on the other side does what our offense needs to do, which is, on, in general, they get the ball out quicker. And our offense has to do that because, our, like you say, our O-line sucks, right? So... So they, what they do, what they do on the other side is they, they, they're better at reading what the de- what our defense is going to do. 
Now, now that's a problem with our defensive coordinator. Got to figure out a way to switch that up and try to help. Because we we don't switch up our game plan <laughs> as far as defense right. or offense. We don't switch up our game plan. It, it, it's like whatever we start the game doing, we've decided we're just going to keep doing it. And, and that definitely mm-hmm. sucks. But right. our defense has such good individual players on it that – that it can that it withstands a lot and does a lot with what they're given, with the plays they're given to do, and they still manage to be one of the top defenses in the NFL. I, I can't express enough how many. Uh, the, Dalvin Cook is averaging five point five yards to carry this season. He has gotten a t- at least a touchdown in every game this season except against the Bears this past game. He 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 has gotten he got over 200 yards against Detroit, 180 yards on the ground against I believe uh Green Bay the week before that. Okay, and that's off 30 carries. 30 carries, 180 some odd yards. He got 30 carries against the Bears, got 96. Okay, the Bears shut down arguably the best running back in the league this season because he has been killing the game. I 100% agree. The defense did their job this week. You know, well, we got to look at that that they have been playing well all season. But like I said, the other teams come in with the game plan to stop that rush. They come in with the quick game. They do. And in fact, when you look back at that Tennessee game, Tannehill on that first touchdown pass got hit. He got hit hard. And he delivered. He stood in the pocket, took the hit, and delivered a strike. And if you look at that pass, it ended up a perfect pass. And the receiver caught a caught it a hell of a catch with pressure from the DBs. They were right there. Okay, you couldn't have thrown a more perfect pass with somebody hitting you right then and there. Okay, and and honestly, Foles hasn't stood there and took that. He hasn't stood there and said, I'm going to. Sometimes that's what helps to motivate your old line is when they see you're going to stand in that pocket and take a hit. And Foles, and Foles, there were a couple opportunities last week where he could have stayed in that pocket, but he got scared, ran off on that pass to Miller specifically. He ran, he ran forward when he did not have to. That pass could have been better had he stayed stuck in there and threw that strike that you're talking about that he could throw, but he didn't. We have another situation where he could have got a, at least up to the three or two or three yard line with Jimmy Graham had he threw it on the back shoulder and was way off and was way off and did not do it. Foles is missing his opportunities as well. Now, this is not now the whole line, line is bad. It absolutely <laughs> is. And no one's disagreeing with that. But I'm also saying is Foles is not doing what it would take to help that old line alone. He's just not. He's not the right quarterback for this situation. What you're talking about, the, the criticism you're, you're making, it makes sense if you're saying that uh, I'm, I'm going to get hit 
like maybe once out of eight plays or something like that. So when that hit comes, I stand in there and take it because there's an opportunity to deliver a strike that's going to move the feet, move the ball down the field. They are getting through on damn near every snap. That offensive line is not blocking anybody. So when you talk about where he just needs to stand in that like that's been part of the problem. How many times he's been getting hit? How many times he's been getting sacked? So at this point in his mind, he's like, I need to start. I need to start expecting the pressure and start running away from it, adapting to it. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm behind an offensive line who can't block anybody. And if I try to just stand there and 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 scan the field, I'm going to get hit, and I'm going to, and they're going to force a fumble, and it's just going to be horrible. Like there's there's no quarterback who can function in this situation that Foles has been placed into. They have to start blocking. Now, when they are blocking on a consistent basis, and then people are just coming through, yeah, you then you can make the case that hey, your feet are set, and you see that wide receiver down the field. You need to go ahead and just and just hit that hit that spot and take the hit and do what needs to be done for the team. I can understand that. But when that hit is coming every snap, you no quarterback can take that kind of punishment. That doesn't even make any sense. So, so here's the thing, man. Is it, that is that it? He's not taking that hit. It, it, he's not taking those sets. He's taking some sets, right? But he's not nearly taking sets. He's throwing the ball up. And 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 you say you're watching the game. I'm watching the game too, and I'm watching the whole game. And he throws that ball an awful lot when he's under pressure, and he's throwing scary passes in the middle of defense <laughs> because he's mm-hmm. not a he's not getting out of the pocket. So since he's not getting out of the pocket, he can't just throw the ball away. So instead of mm-hmm. taking that sack, he's throwing scary passes into coverage and almost getting picked off. So, so he's almost doing worse than these fumbles you're talking about. <laughs> when he should be packing the ball in and taking it, he's not. He's not. So, uh, you know, he, I, I say he's definitely scared of getting hurt. And, and I understand it, but he's also getting paid $21 million. <laughs> And now ask yourself this. Why would a $21 million quarterback come play for the Bears knowing – their offensive line troubles. They saw the same mm-hmm. stuff we saw. They know the old line troubles. I can guarantee you, I don't care how hard we would have pursued Cam Newton. Do you think he would have came to Chicago? Absolutely not. No. There's no way Cam Newton, especially coming off an injury, no. would, would have came in with that old line. Absolutely not. Foles is all we could get. And and why? <laughs> and why? Did the Bears get Foles because there was not anyone else who thought Foles was going to be good enough for their team? They didn't want him for $21 million. And we reworked the contract to even get it to that, didn't we? Wasn't it like $24 million or something like that? So so you got to ask yourself, well, we, no one's saying that Foles is, is the cause of these problems. But what you kept selling us on is that Foles could solve the problems. And he's not the quarterback to do that. Not right now, he hasn't proven to be. So uh, all I'm saying is that sometimes when you stand in 
and you show your team you're going to stand in that pocket and you're going to take that hit and try to throw that strike. When you show them that, sometimes you garner that respect and that locker room presence that you're saying he has that I just don't think he's got because he doesn't seem to have that influence. So I, I, look, I looked up the stats because I wanted to be sure that I knew what I was talking about. All right. So Nick Foles is in the top five quarterbacks over the season so far who has been hit this year. He's been hit 34 times so far this year. Out of the and he's been blitzed 98 times. Out of those 98 times and, and, and hurried 19 times, all right? Out of all that, out of all those stats, he has scrambled three times. Three times. The vast majority of times when the 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 rush is coming towards him, he is trying, he is not looking to avoid. He is trying to figure out how to deliver the ball. There's no there there. There's nothing for him to be able to do. Even when he delivers the ball to these wide receivers, they're dropping the pass. Oftentimes the rush is getting to him so quickly, he doesn't even have an opportunity to deliver the ball. So I understand what you're saying that you can't be, you can't play scared. You can't be looking to run every time the rush is towards you. The stats show that's not what's happening. The stats clearly show he is standing in the pocket and trying to do, trying to deliver the ball as best he can, not running away, not playing scared. He can't run away. That don't that mean too. he's not playing scared. That's he true. can't run away. Tell me this, what tell me you're not seeing a scared quarterback out there. <laughs> this is not this is not about how many yards. This is not about how many yards does he get when he attempts to scramble. This is about how many times does he even try to scramble? How many times does he try to get away from the press as opposed to just trying to deliver the ball? He's always trying to get away from it. He's always <laughs> what what constant what constitutes a scramble? When you try to actually run out because hey, you feel like there might be an opportunity because the defense is coming at me for me to go around them in some sort of way and gain yardage for my team. And gain like yardage. He's, he, he's he hardly ever going to try to do that. He doesn't <laughs> he have that athletic ability. He doesn't have the ability this to run away. Heck, he's wearing this eighty pounds problem. worth of Y'all pads because he because he's scared of getting hurt. <laughs> hey, this this is the problem. Y'all don't y'all don't want to y'all y'all don't want to put any any stock in the facts. You just want to stick to emotions and how you feel about it. But you need to take your emotions out of it. Look at the situation. And then look at the stats and the figures of what is happening and then make a logical decision. Once you do that, you will come to the realization Foles is not the problem. Ain't nobody said he was again. What I'm saying is he's not the solution. That's what you yes. said he was. You said he was yeah, the solution. I stick by that. I have, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I stick by that. But he has he a been. solution. What? Did they give an update on what? What's going on with his injury? Like, is there a specific word on that? He's day to day. He had some kind of hip and glute injury. He's day to day. Our whole season might hinge on the results of what happens there. No, it don't hinge on that. 
Yeah, it does. The season's already done, brother. They're not, they're not making it's the playoffs. Not, it's done. Stop it. It's done. Stop it. It's not. The O-line's not going to change. So, so, so Foles can't play with the O-line. The, the, the O-line's not changing. We are, the Packers are 7-2. and two. We are 5-5, five and five, brother. We are right there. It does not. It, it, it does not have to be over in any way, straight, any way, shape, form, or fashion. Statistically, what you're kind right. Of bad fans are y'all? Statistically, Come on you're right. But this season right, is then. done. This season's done. I mean, they, they, I'm sorry, that old line's not changing. And as you saying, he can't. He can't deliver the ball with that old line. It's not changing. It's not. It's not going to get significantly better, even when everyone's back from injury. Because it it sucked last year, so it, it's so what are he, what is he gonna do? What's Foles gonna do different? Nothing. He's not gonna do anything different. Players improve naturally just from playing with each other, understanding the system more, gaining more confidence in their ability, gaining a better understanding of what's expected from them and how they actually reach those expectations. Like just the process of being in the role on a repeated basis is going to make these people better. That's not true. Why? How is it not true? Because they don't play the same people every week. The only way somebody's going to get better is you're going to get better against someone who's better than you. And they've been playing the people who are better than them, and they have not improved yet. How did y'all got it all that system? I can only hope. Here's, here's what I want to say. Uh, defensively, uh, within this past game, I like the fact that they they focused a lot on the defending the run, obviously. Dalvin Cook and whatnot was the immediate threat on the Vikings team. In the process of putting all their cards in on stopping the run, they showed their deficiencies in the defensive backfield. All you saw were broken plays, broken coverages, Fucking Adam Thielen fucking caught two easy fucking touchdowns. Well, that first one wasn't all that easy, but he made it look real damn easy. The second one he got in shit was pretty fucking easy. A lot of broken coverages is what you're starting to see. So one part of some parts of the defense are being exposed while others are being shown where they're strong. They're pretty decent against the run when they when they're actually galvanized or when they're coached or have a good week of practice on stopping the run. Otherwise, they have a lot of different holes in their defense and it's starting to show. And it's not just because of being on the field a lot. It's, it's the fact that you got players who are not playing, who are not playing in place, or we're talking about defensive play calling when it comes to coverages while they're trying to defend the run. A lot of open receivers out there on Sunday, on Monday. Uh, I, I really didn't understand how, how well they, they did so well stopping the run. But on fucking third and 15, you got a motherfucker that's got fucking 23, 30 goddamn yards first down. It was, it was, it was inconceivable to me. So defense obviously has some things they got to work on. Pressure is always a big thing. Like, like Samori did say, uh, when you put putting pressure on the quarterback, you know, you can't be accurate. And when it comes and when Hicks went out, you saw the deficiency on the defensive line at that point too. On offense, when the, when the first and second quarters, even though they didn't score, what they did in regards to their play calling, I thought was a good move. 
when it came to the deficiencies in their offensive line. Instead of them five and six and seven step drops, they started off throwing two, three step drops. They were getting the ball out a lot quicker when they first started on offense. The problem with the Bears and what the problem always is with the Bears is they don't stay consistent. They start getting greedy or they start getting desperate. So instead of sticking with the two or three yard steps and getting the ball out faster, well, we still got Darnell Moody. We want to run him down the field. So Nick takes the seven step drop, and that's when you see his ass either fucking around taking the sack or not being able to get the ball off because somebody's punching him in his fucking face. So to Nick Foles' credit, he looked a lot better in those two to three step drop plays, even though just like Samori did say, you did have a lot of receivers out there that were missing catches, that were that were not playing up to what they should, and they were have they needed to make certain plays, especially on the third downs. But at the same time, but on but on the same note, Nick Foles fucked up a lot of them passes on them third down situations, choosing the wrong receivers. He's throwing in the two or three man coverages as opposed to looking for people that are coming out of the backfield who are wide open. You're getting blitzed. As a quarterback, you're supposed to know that you have a, a man coming out of the backfield who's going to be wide open. So why are you not dumping this ball off? You're already doing these two or three step drops. Two, a, fucking, a, a man coming out of the backfield is basically a fucking handoff. It's the same thing as the screen. So why are you fucking around dropping back looking into the end zone when you got a man wide open that's coming out the end zone who at least has the opportunity to make a play? So Nick Foles has his deficiencies as well, even with the two or three step drops, which was giving him more time to make better decisions. Now, granted, the offensive line sucked, but with the two or three step drop mentality, it is significantly better this game. Significantly. They look way better than they did than they played against the fucking Titans and shit the fucking week ago, where they looked like little kids out there trying to block grown ass men. They did significantly better this game when they kept the play calling simple. When they started fucking around and trying to get greedy, or I call it desperation, quite honestly, because they got the only fucking offense that they had was fucking two field goals and fucking Cordell Patterson running in for a touchdown. Otherwise, they did nothing. Even when the fucking defense actually put them in a position to score with the turnovers that they did get, offense couldn't make shit happen. Because either they were getting away from the play calling that was being successful, or fucking either Foles was making bad decisions, or the fucking receivers weren't doing what the hell they were supposed to do. You got a whole lot of shit going around here. And just like Hudson keeps saying, even even if you did talking about an offensive line who's not able, and you're talking about you have a quarterback who's not athletic, the one thing that kept that was repeatedly being said during that broadcast is Nick Foles does not know how to step up in the pocket. So, yeah, you got a bunch of people crashing down on you. Step up. That don't take athletic ability. All that takes is mechanics. Step up in the pocket. Give yourself more time. Give yourself an opportunity to make a better decision instead of making decisions under duress. You know you have a deficient offensive line. If they're, if they're doing everything they can at least get somebody's body turned, all you have to do is step in the pocket. That's the easiest thing. Dick Foles didn't step up one time in that game. Not once. He either took a sack or he was throwing some bullshit after he was getting hit. And he had plenty of opportunities to force that pocket up. Plenty. With all the pressure that they was getting, 
which they really weren't getting until the end of the game. He actually had a pretty clean pocket the majority of the time. As I said, the offensive line is significantly better this game than they did the last. And he still couldn't take advantage of it. So I, I understand if you keep talking about our emotions and stuff some more. And I, I, know, I, I want Nick Foles to be the answer. I really do. But for the offense that was built since, since Matt Nagy came here, since the offense that Ryan Pace collected and bought and traded for and, and drafted is not Nick Foles' style. It's not. This, this, whole, this whole team was based on youth. They got rid of all the old heads and brought in a bunch of young guys. This whole young offense was supposed to be fast, fast, fast. That's all they did. That's all they fucked around and traded for. That's why they did all that moving for the draft picks. They picked up all these fourth rounders who turned out to be all-stars and shit. They did all this other crap. And then you brought this old, I can't move man to run an offense that's supposed to move. How do you want a high-paced offense with a man who's a statue? This isn't the offense for Nick Foles. He was Nick Foles was set up to fail when they brought him into Chicago. Quite honestly, him making the decision to come here tells me that the boy needs to get him a paycheck. Plain and simple. Oh, y'all want to pay the rest of this money to the Jaguars? Don't want to pay me? Cool. I'll come in here. I'll get hurt. I'll go on out. Now you're going to have to pay me the rest of my money. And it's in the scene all over. That's all that's all the fans been talking about. That's why they brought in Matt Nagy. Because he came from an offense and shit that was fucking high flying and fast as shit. And that's what he was coming in to implement. And that's why they picked up Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, because they felt he I guess they felt that he was going to give them the opportunity to do it. Even though they picked him up before, you know, they picked him up when Fox was still the coach. But they picked, Nick Trubisky, they picked up Mitch Trubisky because he was the future youth of that offense. That's why they got rid of Fox. They didn't really give a fuck who Fox wanted during that draft. That's why they wouldn't have Mitch. It was about Ryan Pace at that point. You have an offense who's being run by a statue of an old man who's supposed to be high-flying and fast, and it's not working. I don't, I don't care what kind of play call you get at this point. The only way you're going to make this offense work for Nick Foles and shit is to change the entire offense. And that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't know what to say to you all. We're just going to end it there. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for joining us at SJH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Once again, if you're a black business owner and would like to get featured as our business of the week, please make sure to send an email to info at sjhmancave.com. Any of our listeners can get a hold of us there as well. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're also on YouTube at sjhmancave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off. Deuce. Deuce.